Hello and welcome. Um, today I am going to start my podcast. Uh, so here we go. Um, I'll start by telling everyone a bit about me and who I am. My name is Joel Sheridan. I um, live in Australia um, on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. It's a beautiful spot. Uh, and yeah, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is create a better society for everyone. Um, well, at least I hope that's what it does. I mean, that's going to be the the general sort of um, idea of it, at least. Uh, see where it sort of goes from there. I'm just going to start, you know, recording episodes and uploading them and then whoever wants to listen to them can listen to them um so yeah i mean how i wanted to start this is i mean i've sort of got in my little diary here um i've got like a bunch of ideas on topics to talk about for episodes um whether i'll do that every time or not i was sort of thinking you know, once it gets going, I might even, you know, talk to other people and have them sit with me while I do it. Um, but generally what I want to do is, like, I would have a topic, for instance, like, we'll start off with this one, how to live a happy life. And all we're going to do is I'm going to go through and write down a bunch of questions about that topic. And then I'm going to answer them to the best of my knowledge or what I believe and think about that exact question on that topic. Um, And then, yeah, go from there. I might even do a follow-up episode of this and going through the internet and finding, you know, and punching them questions into the internet and then sort of going through and creating another one on what the internet reckons because it's the best way to learn and yeah so here we go um how to live a happy life question one does location matter uh yes and no in my opinion um sorry (laughs) well yes in my opinion but also Maybe not, depending on what, um, yeah, depending, but yes, I believe I live in the Sunshine Coast and it is a very beautiful spot. We have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world and uh, which it backs on along a mountain range, the Glasshouse Mountains, so there's plenty of mountains around, um, you know, from like two hours you can you can drive right up to rainbow beach you can even drive up the beach and then you know half an hour down you're at you're at bribey you can drive drive to bribey you can drive on the beach at bribey and then an hour is to brisbane which is our main bigger city near us <coughs> which is a pretty cool city uh there is you know a, a bit of crime here and there but it's really really not that bad in comparison to some other countries around the world and yeah we live in literally in one of the most beautiful spots which i love so it is awesome to be able to go down the beach and just look at the water and you know go 
to these amazing views on top of these mountains and look over the whole Sunshine Coast, which is pretty cool, uh, which is, you know, very lucky to be able to live, you know, also in a climate where, you know, I mean, it does get cold in winter, but, I mean, it's not that cold, really. I mean, it gets cold for me because I've always lived here, but it only, I'd say the coldest it would get is around 2 and that's like in the night time, but normally in summer we go anywhere from 27 to 40 degrees, sometimes a little bit hotter, which is, you know, I like anywhere around 30 degrees is nice for me. Um, if I want to go swimming, I like when it's warm, but sometimes you just got to get in and get over it and eventually it'll warm up. Um, but yeah, so location is definitely a, a big factor. I believe, but also, also, you know, it depends who you're around as well, sometimes location doesn't matter as much, but in my circumstance, um, yes, I believe location, because, you know, especially if, if you derive happiness from, you know, seeing things and doing things, like I know, not so much myself, but I know a lot of people that couldn't go without living next to the beach, which is, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a bit more, I would love to be out in the country and in the bush, or preferably a bit of land that's, you know, not inhabited, or not a lot of humans that's on the beach and has, you know, a hinge of land and you can go right through, um, have the best of both worlds. But um, where was I going with that? <laughs> Yeah, anyway, um, I lost my train of thought on that one, so we'll go to... But yeah, so pretty much in the end of the day, location is important, because it is... Oh, yeah, that's right, that's where I was going. Yeah, people, some people I know lack, would die, well, not die, but, you know, they love the beach so much they have to go down and see it every day. Whereas me, I'm like, if I'm, I mean, I'm pretty lucky because I've got them right there, but I'm not much of a massive beach guy, although I do go to them and enjoy them. Uh, it wouldn't kill me if I didn't have to see one every day. So, yeah, it depends who you are, where you've, where you've grown up, how you've grown up, um, and who you're around, really. Uh, but still, I believe location... You know, obviously you don't want to be living in one of these highly, highly polluted places where, you know, I know some of these um, poorer countries and these poorer areas of the countries that have, um, you know, we used to just send them all our rubbish and the people that just live next to giant dumps and scavenge through them, like, I imagine you can still be a happy person there, but I imagine it's a lot harder to, especially if you've seen what other people around the world have. Um, so, yeah, location is, is pretty important, and I'm lucky to live where I live, which is good. Uh, we'll move on to the next question, and that is occupation. Um, so this, this, I believe, is very important, uh, perhaps more important than where you live, because... I mean, you know, although I know we're all on the grind, trying to make money, trying to, trying to, you know, get a holding in this world, or not even trying to make money, just trying to be comfortable, you know. You know, there's a lot of, it'd be nice to, you know, just be able to never have to worry about money again, which I know a lot of people are in the same boat. 
which I hope one day, you know, a lot of the world can get to that position, which is how it should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just start off with what I do. I am a motorcycle mechanic and uh, it is pretty cool. I mean, I'm not just your regular motorcycle mechanic. Um, I don't work in a, well, I do work for a dealer, but I don't work in a big dealership. I uh, work for a uh, motorcycle importer, so he imports vintage uh, motorcycles, so uh, well, when I say vintage, I mean we do we do, do some old Harley Davidsons, so like Nullerheads, Panheads for the people that know, uh, Shovelheads, Evos, uh, it's about as far as we go, so ranging from, you know, 1940s to 1990s is sort of sort of the range and then uh the super bikes we do which we do a lot more of we did do a lot more harleys when i first started but uh but yeah we've sort of moved away from them because i like doing the super bikes more and we don't have the same guys working for us uh that used to do all the harleys so we sort of stopped doing them so much um and yeah so i just get to work on hundreds of rare as superbikes uh for instance i have probably in my shed at the moment i've got a good ooh, 25 30 projects uh that i'm uh, part way through you know piecing them all together do a little bit on one and do a little bit on another one and then wait for parts and then do a little bit on this one and then uh but yeah it's a it's a really cool and involving job it's um I'm very lucky to work where I work. My boss is, you know, he's a very wealthy man and he looks after me and I look after him and we both, you know, get on get on very well which is is a is a key key to having a, you know, a happy happy job and a happy life is, you know, having a boss that you can trust and a boss that you can communicate well with and a boss that you can have a laugh with and, and you know, enjoy each other's company because, um, I mean, my boss is 59, I think, 58 or 59, uh, and I'm only 20. So, I mean, although there is nearly a 40-year gap between us, you know, you wouldn't, you know, me and him, me and him get on very well because uh, we both have a have a passion for bikes. Um, so I just I just fix everything for him, and he buys them, <laughs> and he loves buying them. So and I love fixing them, which is yeah, it's a good relationship. Um, which yeah, that 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 adds you know a lot of happiness to my life. Um, although you know it's still working sometimes from time to time. You know it's hard to hard to find that motivation like we're all we're all human some days you know if you've had a headache all day or you know you're, you're tired because you've been working working all week big hours and you just don't feel like you just can't find that motivation which is happens to all of us but at the end of the day I look at it like I am very lucky to, <laughs> to work on the things I work on um not many people get the opportunity to fix, you know, all these 90s and 80s super bikes for a living um, and do it every day and live live where I live. So I'm very, very, very grateful of all that. So I believe, yes, occupation has has a very, very big impact on your happiness. Um, 
like, yeah, I just feel bad for so many people that are in these brain, brain-numbing jobs that, like, um, they just do not enjoy, they, they're stuck, you know, they, 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 they don't have the, the ability to, you know, they haven't, haven't set themselves up when they were young, um, as well as they should have, uh, which I know, you know, there's many people from many different walks of life and it's not as easy for everyone. Uh, and I got it, I got it pretty easy with me setting up my life. Um, well, at least that's what I, I believe, because uh, I know a lot of people have it a lot, lot harder. But uh, in the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, no matter where you came from or how you started, all you, all you have to do is just plan and you know manifest. And you know, if if you're not liking your job in. Just think about, you know, think about your future self. Think about how, uh, like, how you, how would you, you know, get yourself to a position where you can get a job that you do enjoy and that you do like. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I was in a job that I really didn't enjoy, uh, let me think. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm pretty lucky because I've, you know... In the last couple of years, I've just started learning, and you know, I've I've figured out, you know, and I enjoy it. And the more I learn, the the better off I am. It doesn't matter what I'm learning or how I'm learning, as long as I'm learning something, I'm I'm improving myself, and I'm I'm making my life better for me. So, my one key advice: if you do want to get somewhere better in life and and get a better occupation, um. And, you know, obviously we are locked down to some things and it's a lot harder, but it it doesn't matter if it's going to take you a couple of years to get out of what you're in or a couple of months or even a couple of days. As long as you're working towards that goal and as long as you, you're chipping away at it, it doesn't matter if it happens, you know, instantly or over time. I believe if you're chipping away at whatever that, that thing is that you want to achieve... In the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it takes you 10 years, it doesn't matter if it takes you a year, as long as you get there and along the way you're learning things, you'll probably, you know, find happiness just in doing that. Um, I know this probably won't work for everyone, but that's just my general, you know, that's how you sort of sort of just got to figure it out. There's no, no guidebook to life, no one's, you know, I, I, you know there's no one that's going to come in and go, hang on you're doing this wrong, you've got to do it like this, this, this and this. The only person that's, that can do that is you. You, yourself and no one else. Um, you have to put the work in, you have to, have to really want it. You know, you can't just wake up and expect everything done for you and someone to do stuff for you. You know, I know some people... Some people do get it like that, um, like I know some people who have, you know, got everything handed on a, on a silver platter and fucking golden spoon fed, but, you know, <laughs> I'll wait and see where they end up in life because I don't think it's going to get them far, at least, at least not in the sense that they'll be happy, I, I believe it'll, although I, I, I don't know. You never really do know, do you, that could could cause them to... You never know, but I just don't think that's a way to way to do it, especially these parents that, you know, give their children everything. They just seem to be spoiled brats that are just 
assholes, a lot of them. Um, which, say, for the people that aren't, that come out good and have wealthy parents and spoiled, uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a rare kind. Um, most of them, most of them are, yeah, assholes for some reason. Um, but, yeah, so occupation, get yourself doing something you love. Um, well, that's what they say. Do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, which, I mean, if you're doing something you truly love, maybe. But, I mean, I love what I do and I still have to work. So, um, I mean, it, it does sometimes. Some days are worse than others and some days I work all day and it gets to 5.30 and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's 5.30. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, it depends what you're doing and what part of the job you're doing. It's there's never going to be, you know, just everything there. I don't think that exists where, you know, everything you do, you're just, like, completely in love with it. Um, there's always going to be the hard slog of, you know, getting to that point where you really feel good. So, yeah, that about covers it for occupation. So, basically, if you're not doing what you love try and plan a way to get there or at least at least if you don't know what you want to do just you know start learning things and start just like you have the power of the internet today the power of every single human's like so much so much knowledge like nothing like anyone's ever believed you know and you literally have the power to do, learn anything and do anything you want. You just have to have the will. Um, and if you can't find that will, what I, what one of my, my core beliefs is, if they did it, I can do it. It doesn't matter. If it's if it's another human, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. If a human done it, I can do the same thing. It's just a matter of time and effort. And a little bit of luck of where you're born and where you where you end up. But I believe if you really put your mind to it, you can achieve whatever you want. Um, I know it's a lot harder for some other people, but give it a red hot crack. No one not stopping you, and that's all you can do. So yeah, that does it for occupation. Um, question three. Size of living quarters, so the space that you live in. Um, I guess this this uh, would. I don't know. Uh, I guess everyone would be a little bit different. I guess it really depends a lot on where you're born and how you're brought up. Whether you need a lot of space or you don't. Um, Coming from me, I was born in a hospital, which I don't know if that has much of an effect on how I live and my size of, you know, how I enjoy space of where I live. Um, but I do know I live with, I have, I have two sisters and one little brother and my mum. Um... And we've mainly stuck together, always lived together. I mean, there's been a few years here and there where me and my sister live with my dad, but most of the time, most of the time we're living all together. So maybe a few years 
here and there living with dad, but most time it was all four of us kids and my mum. Um, and yeah, I I remember. I mean, it's not that we never, not that we hated each other, but uh, we didn't. I mean, I'd say me and my little siblings would get on a lot better than what my older sibling would get on, get along with us for a while. Um, she was always a bit more of the, uh, like she would never play games with us as much and she was always out and about with her friends, uh, during our teenage years and she was, she was a bit bitchy. I mean, we all have our, I mean, I'm sure I was just, just as bad in, in a different way, but, um, when I was her, when I was growing up, um, but yeah, I mean, we used to be, I guess we used to argue a lot more um, when we lived, like maybe when I was between, I don't know, it wasn't really till I was 16, 17 that we all started getting on a lot better. And really, really what I think it was is we used to live in a lot of a smaller house, uh, so we would share rooms, share rooms pretty much. Um, Oh, well, sorry, two of us shared rooms and then two of us had a room. So we'd always, you know, be changing on whether who's, you know, living somewhere else or doing something or who's being the naughtiest or whatever. Um, so, yeah, there was was a lot more arguing. I didn't, I didn't really like being at home. I always would just go out all night with the boys or I wouldn't come home or I'd have to do the washing up so I wouldn't come home for a couple of days or... I'd just try and avoid coming home because it was always heated and arguments and and when I was home I was I was just out the back in the shed shed smoking weed with my mates uh but eventually when we moved out of that house um we moved to a bigger house which was really the best best thing for us I think uh we moved to a two-story house where Everyone got a room, we had a spare room. I mean, we even even had another girl living with us, my sister's friend, uh, and we've had uh, multiple of my sister's, both of my sister's friends stay with us and live with us um, for, uh, we got one of them living with us at the moment, uh, for, and there was two of them for a while there. But yeah, no, it it's changed how our whole family works. I think moving into a bigger house, uh, I feel like we're not in each other's space as much, and we're not um, we just don't don't argue and fight as much as we used to. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still have our still have our little fights and arguments, but they're far and few, they're not very very common anymore, and. You know, a lot of the time, if we are arguing, it's... I mean, I'm not, not home lately a lot of the time, so I don't really see any more if the, the kids are arguing. But, you know, they're far and few compared to what they used to be, um, which is good. So I believe, yes, having a, a bigger house has has helped my happiness overall and our family's happiness overall. Uh, we all, you know, are very loving of each other, although we have our differences. Um, they mean, you know, they're everything to me. Uh, and even my dad comes and stays at our house because mum and dad have broke up a long time ago, but they're good enough to be able to talk to each other and 
hang out and still come and dad's always never really had a house so he sort of just lives in his car or he doesn't have a license at the moment so he's been staying with us or he stays with his our pop his dad or his mum um so he's lucky to have them <laughs> but yeah i i i love the size of our house but i imagine it 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 really depends on how many people you live with how big your house is what you're used to uh but if you're finding yourself unhappy um and you have quite a big family in a little place maybe i know it's not as easy as it sounds but uh if you get the opportunity to get a bigger house uh give that a go and you might you never know it might just kill your family or but (laughs) i'm sure there's a lot more factors that go into that but just just from the top of my head yeah i believe you know having more space and more personal space you know is is a good thing you know it's good to be able to you know, all be comfortable in a house and not live on top of each other and not always, although they, my little siblings are terrible at cleaning up, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be, so I think overall it's a net positive. So yeah, that'll just about do it for the living quarters. Um, so next question, number four. Does smell affect your happiness? Well, I would have to say it certainly, maybe, yes. (laughs) Yes, I can't imagine you want to be smelling petrol all day, every day. You'd have migraines and headaches. (laughs) Um, And you wouldn't really, I mean, although it's certainly not strong chemicals, I mean, and you probably wouldn't want to live next to a dump, but imagine if you live there for long enough, you, you'd eventually, you're like, you'd just get used to it, so you wouldn't, wouldn't smell it so much. But, um, yeah, I think it would be quite shit if you lived in a highly polluted city, even though you, you probably get used to the smell, I imagine the effect overall on your health would cause you probably health issues, uh, which would then for probably cause you to be maybe not as happy and maybe more annoyed that you're sick from cities being polluted and and sick from just, you know, not... Yeah, not breathing fresh air. Um, that would have to be quite frustrating. Um and inflict on your happiness. Um, but yeah, I mean, living by the beach and and smelling fresh air and not living in a highly polluted city, I would have to say, definitely makes me a lot happier to you know have that have that luxury of doing that. Um, and if you don't, I guess it's it's a little bit unlucky, but. You'd try and work to get to a place, and I know this is a lot harder for some people, and they they don't have as many choices as I do. Uh, you could maybe try and at least get a get a house that's air filtered and 
and has proper filtration systems in it and then I mean if you really want to go extreme you could <laughs> you could get the proper you know filtration mask and and walk around with that but that's a bit extreme so you'd probably just have to live with it when you're until you can so you can either save up to move out of the polluted cities or you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, so, I mean, I'd say smell does have effect on your happiness, but overall I don't think it's that big of a factor. Um, you can still be a happy person and live in a smelly place or live in, I mean, some painters are still happy yet they're getting high all day on paint fumes, so... That works somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll do it for smell. There's not really much on smell, is there? Just live in a nice smelling place and it might make you happier and it might not. I think it's a it's a mixture of everything on this list to make you happy. Uh, Alright, number four. The amount of material items. Okay. Yeah, so, they say money won't make you happy, but, I don't know about that. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can make you happy if you have money. Uh, I believe the people that say that have probably had a lot of money for a long time and have forgotten what it's like to have no money. Well, not no money, but forgotten what it's like to, you know, not be able to buy whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, they've always, you know, a lot of these <laughs> these kids that just, their mummy and daddy goes and buys them a, a brand new BMW for their first car. And it's like, well, hmm. And then, you know, whatever they want to buy or whatever they want to get, they just get given. Uh, I would imagine your you know, an, an an item, you know, creating happiness for you, a material item creating, you know, some sort of happiness would be greatly diminished um, because, I mean, I'm sure there'd still be some objects, but because you've just been, if you're a person that's just been given everything from the get-go uh, and never, never really had to strive and work hard to get something, um, material items, I believe you would not be as happy when you get them. Whereas if a person like me and probably many people like me that don't have millions of dollars laying around, um, if I somehow ran into a big hunk of cash and, and <laughs> when I brought a Ferrari... Well, jeepers, that would make me a lot, lot, lot happier. Uh, I would smile every time I got in that thing and every time I drove it. Even just the ability to have multiple superbikes that I can ride every day would greatly increase my happiness. Um, so, yes, material items definitely will make you happier. Depends how you use them, I believe. Um... And depends how much you abuse material items because everything's good in moderation. Whereas if you get too much, although I could be wrong, <laughs> you never know. It could just be that you um, keep accumulating stuff and it keeps making you happier than even the most money you have. So it's really a... Um, 
it really depends where you're born and how you're brought up and and what you like uh, I imagine would would change on you know your happiness for material items but for me I would love some money to buy some nice toys <laughs> even just the ability to never have to you know yeah just never have to worry about money and buy all the toys I wanted <laughs> uh, all right next question number five oh no sorry six six Family and friends, all right, yes, this is crucial, I believe. Um, this is one of the most important things to happiness, and if you don't have family and friends, um, yeah, you got it a lot harder in life, um, and I recommend finding some um, now, I know there's people out there that have, you know, uh, adopted and never really knew their parents, but I don't believe you need your biological parents uh, to have a family. Uh, family is just in the people that you love, in the people that you, you know, love you and show that they, they you know, care about you and will will help you do things, uh, they are your friends and family. So all you have to do <laughs> is find some people, which I know it's harder for some people than others to do, um, that, you know, you can really enjoy spending your time with and really, and really, you know, make sure they're not the people to rip you off or, you know, they're really genuine people, which is is I'm sure is sometimes very hard to find for, for some people, but when you find them, cherish them because they're far and few and when you can get them, you need them. And, you know, this world is a world where it's better to make friends and families, you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, well, a little bit of that. So, yeah, uh, I'm very lucky to, you know, have a very loving and supporting family. Um, uh, if you want to know, I have, uh, like I said before, I have two sisters. Sorry, I lied. I've, I do have two sisters and I have two brothers, but I, one of my brothers is is my half-brother. So he's, uh, he's uh, me and him are related through my dad, so he has a different mum. Um, which we didn't really have much to do with them growing up, but later, when we were probably about, when I was probably about fifteen, sixteen, maybe, uh, he came into our life. He came and lived with us a bit more, and we got to know him. Which uh, he's a really good bloke, uh, one of the best Tylers you'll ever know. Um, yeah, so he is. Yeah, I love my brother. I don't get to see him as much as I used to, but he lives down in the Gold Coast and. Uh, we're always busy, so I give him a ring from time to time and um, give him shit when he loses, his team loses in footy. Uh, so, yeah, me and him are on, on good terms and me and my sister are on good terms. Uh, my older sister, she's really cool. Uh, she's actually travelling around the, travelling around Australia right now in her van, loving life. Uh, 
meeting heaps of cool people and in um doing heaps of cool stuff and I'm happy happy she's doing that. And I have a have a, a really good mum and dad. I mean, you know, as good as they can be. Um they've always been loving of me and always been supportive. Uh mum mum's the best, I think I think she's she's the one that saved us without her. We were, we would all be in uh, lost causes. <laughs> Not so much dad would have done all right, but certainly not as good as what mum mum did raising us. Um she always made sure we were at school, um sort of. Um well, especially in the younger years, she made sure we ate healthier. Um and she's sort of always been a, you know, cool, casual. She's, you know, taught me enough to enough discipline to not be a little little shit even though I was but obviously she did something right because I come out not too bad um yeah she's she's a she's a really talented woman she's a woman of many talents and she's she's taught me a lot she's always she's always open for open to answering any question and um always you know whatever the topic is she's she's sort of always answered it to the best of her ability and with an open mind um which I love her for so yeah she's she's a really good mum I'm very lucky to have her uh, and then my dad as well he's he's you know he's an awesome dad um although he's always you know he's never he hasn't been as stable as mum but uh he's always always been really good you know he's obviously he's been on the drugs a bit and and um but he's never been like a, a, a like he's been addicted to to drugs and stuff but he's never been been a bad parent on him um like he's never really I mean as we've had our differences and and a few arguments but not many that I remember so um and overall he's he is who gives me my mechanical side and my belief that I can do anything I want if I just put my mind to it you know he's taught me more things that I could ever ask for from anyone you know he's taught me how to work he's 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 taught me that it doesn't matter what what it is or you know um how hard the task looks just do it and you'll soon find out whether you can do it or not and Nine out of ten times, I get it pretty quick. So, uh, and I love him, love him for teaching me that. And he's always, always told me never, never be afraid to ask questions, which I'm not. Uh, I will always be the first person in the room to ask the question. I always, you know, if there's a good opportunity, I'll be the first person to put my hand up. I'm always, you know, trying my hardest to to um, better myself and and you know learn new things and and challenge my brain which which I believe I've gotten a lot I mean obviously my mum's helped with that but my dad has showed me showed me what the human body is capable of and you know what what I can do do you know what I can build and and I've gone and you know from just some years of him showing me little things like around the property we had um just fixing things and and you know just you know building stuff and moving stuff and cleaning stuff 
like it's just you know the the knowledge there is gold which I wish a lot of other children could could have have a father like that that is always you know he's he's never afraid to you know let me let me do anything you know if it was a chainsaw he'd just tell me how to do it and put me straight on it and concrete cutter you know was only fucking you know 10 or 12 or whatever he'd get me straight on it he wouldn't wouldn't fade away like a lot of parents would go oh that's dangerous or something it's the only way for us to learn is if you, if you challenge your children and you put them, you know, straight on to the machine. Like, he would let me drive, you know, forklifts. We'd be driving, driving the big backo, you know, little fucking dingoes. And, and yeah, I used to love it. So, uh, well, I still do love it. Um, I mean, he, for instance, I learnt to drive in an old, well, probably not so old for some people, but... Uh, 1970s diner Toyota truck, column shift manual, <laughs> brakes barely worked, you had to pump them up to get them to work, um, the, the column shift, um, selector, you didn't know, you had to learn the gears before you could drive it, because it didn't tell you what gears you were going into, so for the first bit it took me, took me a while to figure out how to get into second, <laughs> um, but once I, you know, learn it and, that's pretty much what I learnt to drive in and he taught me how to how to drive very well. Um so, so uh, I love him for, for that. So it's good having love loving family and friends and I've got some two really good mates that I've that I've trusted since since high school, so um Dylan and Jacob, which are which are yeah, they're they they're you know they're figuring out life just like me. Um I hope I've taught them a lot, you know, they've taught me plenty of things and that's what I, I believe most, most, the one thing in life that you do need a, you know, the key to, key to a good love and friends and family is, you know, just the willingness to show you that you're willing to help, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if, you know, it's costing you time and effort, you know, as long as you you know, you're willing to put the time in and, you know, obviously know, know when you've you've put enough time in. Don't let them, people exploit you, you know, if they're not not willing to help you back, you know. It doesn't matter, you just, you know, you can you can always always be open to helping them, but obviously it gets to a point if they're exploiting you, you know, walk away from the situation and let them, let them do their own thing. Um, so, yeah, family and friends is like one of the key key things to live in a happy life um so make them find them and nurture them because <laughs> you only get the the few in your life and they they don't come and go as much as you know money or you know material items or you know friends and family are your key uh, next one on here is relationship dynamics. Okay. <laughs> I guess what I sort of meant by this question is, uh, like you and your partner. So the person you are wanting to spend your, your time with. So, um, so, I mean, for instance, I know your wife, your husband, or... I mean, if you don't marry just your sole partner or someone who you are, 
you're gonna, you know, either have children with or spend a lot of the time, a lot of your, you know, life with. Um, I believe the key to a successful relationship um, is just being open and being, you know, open to being wrong, you know, open to just, you know, weird quirks that they've grown up with, like, and weird quirks that they have, like, it might be weird to you, but, you know, they've grown up in a different way, in a different household, in a different family, maybe a different part of the world, you know, um, so just, just try and, try and, uh, what I do at least is, um, I try and be understanding, uh, of who they are and where they've grown up and how they've grown up and why they are the way they are. Um, I don't believe, you know, getting angry at someone because they, they can't do something or they can't, you know, they they wouldn't do it how you would do it or, you know, they they don't listen to what you say is, is the wrong way to go about it, you know. you gotta you got to really, you know, work with them and figure out why they do do what they do and how they do what they do. Otherwise... You know, um, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I believe if you, you know, if you just expect too much from them and don't put the effort in enough yourself, it's just going to cause cause the relationship to just deteriorate over time. Uh, I know, I know, it's some I can't remember, but it's some I think it's over the fifty percent. I think it's some like sixty percent of marriages fail, um, which really don't surprise me with how some people act um i think people have a false narrative in their head on how relationships would work and how you know uh and obviously what ends up happening is they just <laughs> they have this narrative and that they've you know formed in their brain you know after years and years and years of you know how their relationship's going to go and then what they don't realize is their partner also has that narrative in their head and then these two clash and a lot of the time these people don't have the ability to you know come into it with an open mind and, and talk to each other about how they think the relationship should go and then listen to the other person it's always generally sometimes it's either one-sided or both sides just can't see eye to eye. Whereas, you know, the way to do it is, well, at least I believe, is, you know, you just come in and you just, you know, if you guys got an issue and, you know, you, you guys really think it's, you know, worth, worth sitting down, sit down. You know, even doesn't matter if you need to write it all out on paper and, and then, <clears throat> and then talk talk or you can, you know, write all your, you know, your complaints out on the paper, both of you, and, you know, maybe just talk to each other about it or however you guys feel comfortable about going about, um, talking, giving relationship advice, eh? <laughs> talking about, yeah, however you feel like talking about the, you know, problem that's at hand, um, like how I would do it is, I mean, I'm a pretty open guy. Uh, I don't like to argue, although um, I have had arguments with some of my partners. Uh, I mean, the one I'm with with now. I mean, we're not. I guess we're just we're just really close friends. Um, I guess you could call us partners or whatever you guys like to label it as. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we've, we've never really had an argument, um, I don't let it really, I don't ever try to let it get to it, I mean, there's been situations where we just have a civil conversation about, you know, um, if one of us is, you know, not, not adding up to the, you know, their requirements and then say, we'll talk about it and then go from there, <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, both voice each other's, I always allow her to voice her opinion on what she thinks and, and think about it and, and go, okay, whether, whether that's valid in my brain or not, you know, and understand where she's come from and, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't be mean about it. And if you're being mean and an asshole, um, it's just not going to work. It's just going to cause you grief, her grief. Uh, if you have children, probably them grief. Um, when, you know, that's what I really love about my mum and dad is they've, they've shown me that, you know, I mean, a lot of parents that are broken up are very bitter with each other, whereas my mum and dad still, you know, they don't love each other like, um, you know, partners, but they still love each other as, as, you know, from human to human interaction, you know, like my dad would do, you know, my mum and dad, I'm sure that if one of them was in strife, you know, they'd be, they'd be there to help them out or, you know, they're not going to turn them away and call them a narcissist asshole or, you know, put all these labels on them and just bag them out like some partners do, which I think is really wrong because uh, it, it fucks with how your children develop if you're, um, if one of the partners is just bagging out the other one. Like, I mean, fair enough if there is... There's a real issue there, like, and it's, but if you're just bagging them out because you hate them, uh, I don't think that's the right way to go about things, so please don't. <laughs> but yeah, and relationship dynamics is just basically just be open and willing to accept people for the way they are, and if you guys, in the end of the day, don't, you know, figure it out and figure it out, you're not best for each other, just always stay on good terms, like, it's, it's anything in life, it's always better to make friends than enemies, um, the more people that, you know, you can go walk past the pub and say, hello, how's your life going, the better you feel and the happier you'll be, whereas if, you know, you walk down the street and go, oh, there's that bitch, you know, fucking, <laughs> where's that getting you and where's that getting anyone, I don't think it's getting you far. I mean, <laughs> good luck to you if you want to do that, but I don't think so. Uh, anyway, the next question, number eight, is diet slash oxygen intake. This one is key. You fat people need to stop being so fat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not to be rude or anything, but... Um, you need to lose some weight, uh, it's just what I believe is, you know, you eat shit, I mean, obviously, if you're happy and you're fat, good on you, but I can tell you right now, um, you guys are gonna be the ones that get sicker sooner, uh, you guys are gonna have family members that are gonna have to look, look after you and, (laughs) It's just, just I'm just looking at statistics that I've I've learned, you know, read off the internet that, um, you know, if people that are that are well and truly overweight have a lot more health issues, a lot more heart issues, a lot more 
um, all sorts of issues, you know, like compared to young and fit people who are, you know, sometimes you know you get cancer here and there, but generally a lot of the overweight, unhealthy people are the people who are affected, Uh, and this might not affect you, but um, eventually I think it will, because I imagine it'd be a pretty horrible thing, especially if your mother Let's say your mother has to watch you die a painful death because your kidneys are failing and your your heart's failing because you eat too much shitty food and you drink too much alcohol and you don't exercise enough. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just think uh, you could be overall happier and I believe a lot of... A lot of I don't know the actual true statistics. I could be completely wrong here. But um, I think diet is one of the most important factors to being happy and being, you know, a good working civilian and citizen of this world. Um, It's just, you know, eating well and, you know, not eating shit food. Like, I know it's hard in this society where these fucking big corporations that are just corrupt as fuck, just, you know, try and funnel the most money out of us as they can by just selling us sugary, fatty, fucking shitty foods that aren't that are just processed and just shit. It's like, it's just so fucked. It's like, I don't understand how the politics of today have let it get this far. Um, obviously, there's a lot of corrupt ones, but... Uh, that's, that's something that, uh, we are trying to fix in the world, I believe, will, will slowly correct, um, I think we're becoming a great awareness of all humans, um, and yeah, so, get healthy, guys, um, I, I mean, me personally, uh, it's not like I, I go to the gym every day, or anything like that, but I try and push, I still eat lollies and, you know, I'm not the, not like I'm a health freak, but I I generally I eat pretty healthy, you know. I eat, you know, I'll make a nice wrap, or I'll I'll eat, you know, a nice, you know, protein rich steak or something that, you know, isn't, and I'll eat plenty of fruit. Um, I'll still, you know, you know, I'm just like any other human, like fucking hell all this sugar in front of me, I'm like, oh, sometimes, you know, my mind gets the better of me, and I, <laughs> I eat some, something I'm sure of, but I'm pretty conscious of it now, and I, I try and steer clear of buying sweets and, and foods that I just, you know, know that are going to make me feel worse, um, and not be at 100%, um, and I'm, I'm pretty active, so, uh, it's not like, yeah, I, like I said, it's not like I go to the gym or anything, but, I'm a very active, I, I walk a lot and I move a lot of bikes and I lift a lot of stuff and I, you know, always doing stuff and going places and, and yeah, so diet is, and yeah, oxygen intake is, deep breaths guys, every now and again you should always sit there and take like, you know, 10 deep breaths, just Makes you calm your body down and and yeah, you'll be back in sweet. Uh, the last question I have, which is probably going to be the last one and then we'll wrap it up, uh, is sleep. 
and this varies for humans, um, especially, I mean, I think statistically women should have more sleep than men, but whether that's a true study or not, uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, eight hours sleep at least, um, because I know how shit I feel. I mean, I'm alright if I have six or seven, but if I have five or four or three, <laughs> I know how shit that is, um, and I do not do not enjoy it. Um, so I normally try and get the eight hours. <sighs> sometimes, <laughs> you weren't thinking about it. Um, sometimes I don't, but I mean, I always generally aim for that eight hour mark because I am only twenty and. So well, I don't know if when you get older, maybe you need to sleep less, but I believe everyone should aim for that eight hours mark. Um, I think it's good for you. Um, that's that's really the best, best sort of, you know, if you're a kid, maybe aim for ten, because I used to love to sleep when I was little. I could sleep for hours if I wanted to, but now I've got so many priorities. Priorities? I mean, pri- oh, I can't even say it. Anyway, priorities, you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I don't get as much time in the day to do that anymore. And I also am sitting there like, fuck, I've got to be doing stuff. I can't be sleeping. <laughs> I've got a lot of projects I need to finish. So, but yeah, sleep is, is definitely a, a big factor to being happy because if you're tired all day and every day, uh, I imagine it's hard to find the happiness in the day, you know. And, um, so yeah, sleep well, guys. Um, and one last thing I wanted to sort of say on this is, uh, is like, happiness isn't what you think it is. I'm sure happiness still isn't what I think it is. I mean, overall, I believe as long as you don't want to kill yourself and, um, don't want to kill yourself and you're not, you know, every day sore and, tired and and um like you can still get angry and you can still get I think it's it's all all part of it but as long as you're not you know get yourself out of these these depressed states so as long as you you know you know you got you got it's not like you're happy like I'm a pretty happy person but it's not like I'm happy 24 7 like you know like I'll um, still have my days where I'm like uh and still have my days uh, but and I mean, I think the overall thing is to, in these moments where you're sitting there thinking about it, overall you go, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my life. Um, I'm, I'm, when, like, not happy with your life, but you're just, you're just grateful or you're, you're you know, you just, you just, you know, you're glad, you're glad to be where you are and, and who you are. Um, like this whole you know, everyone's pursuing to be a happier person. Um, it's sort of, sort of a bit of a, a bit of a like misconception. It's, it's, it's not just being a happier person. It's, you know, it's, it's accepting. You know, being, being, you know, glad to be who you are and happy to be who you are, and you know, respecting other humans and, um, you know, just enjoying. Enjoying the simple things like you know, one of the things that I that I you know 
hate doing is is brushing my teeth, but I still do it every day. Um, and I just try and learn to enjoy it. You know, um, sounds pretty, pretty yeah. Sounds not that hard. You just 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 try and find the things in life that make you want to be a happier person and and make you want to be a better person. Because in the end of the day. We've all got a death sentence, and I know who I want to be uh, when I die. Um, I don't want to be some person who's disrespectful to other humans, and and um, someone who people people was like, "Oh, fuck that guy. He's he can die anyway." Like, I'd rather go out with my name, you know. Like he was a he was a good person, and he 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 helped a lot of people, and. And changed a lot of lives, because um, I think that's what we should all strive for. And I think I think deep down, every human, every human really wants that. I think a lot of us just get lost on the way. Um, but I think we're all capable of it, and especially in this day and age with the technology and power we have, um, like it's pretty wild. <laughs> like I don't think a lot of people. People don't understand, especially a lot of people my age and in my generation. Um, I hear a lot of them say like, "Oh, I don't want to bring children into this world," or you know, um, "Why, why do we live in such a fucked up world?" And I know there's a lot of unfair things about it, but uh, rather than saying that, um, why don't try fix it? And two, <laughs> I don't think you guys that say that realize how fucking lucky we have it today like <clears throat> my yeah just go listen to some history guys um and go learn as much history as you want uh one of my favorites is dan carlin uh hardcore history uh <laughs> listen to that if you want to um, learn some stuff um some and even even just you know listening to simple books like um like hang on, I'm going some of the books that I've listened to that, you know, really help me. Uh oh, a good one that just came out is Wild New World, uh by Dan Flores. Flores, uh, I think maybe. Uh so yeah that really, you know, opens your mind and, and just shows how much of effects effect us humans have on the world and uh, just just ed- educate yourself. Uh, you can listen to a few. I've got Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World by Jack Weatherford. That taught me a lot on human nature. Um, oh, another good one, which is free actually, uh, is a short history of nearly everything. Uh, that one's a good one. I say, Bill Bryson. Um, yeah, I like that one actually. So. And then I got a few more. Uh, my <laughs> my advice to anyone who wants to live a happier life and and um, you know try and enjoy their life more is is just learn. Like you have the power. You don't even have to read these books now. Like there is literally audio books for everything. Uh, Cobalt Red that is a must read by Siddharth. Oh, I don't know how to say that. Sorry, my pronunciation of. Just search up Cobalt Red, Cobalt Red how, how the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives. Siddharth Kara, I think that's how you say it. Um, 
Yeah, I love Graham Hancock's books. Uh, they are very, very cool. They take you on a journey. So they're, any of his, it's Graham Hancock's books, I can highly recommend. Um, if you're into mind-bending ones, Visionary by Graham Hancock is a really cool one. Um, also, another one is The Gulag Archipelago. This is a must-read for anyone who wants to learn about the world, and this is by Andrew Solzhenitsyn, I think. Oh, I think so. Yeah, Andrew Solzhenitsyn. So that one is a must-read, so read that, um, and you'll be a lot more educated um, on this world. And then also... <coughs> I cannot stress enough is podcasts are one of the best things to, you know, being a better person and learning new things and and living a better life. Um, Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, Lex Friedman. Um, He's a really good guy. Uh, I never met him, but I'd like to meet him one day. Um, So, yeah, he's, he's a must. Like, he's... Don't even just... Go and scroll through all the people he's interviewed and just find the ones that you'd be interested in. Like, and I can't... Joe Rogan, fucking the legend, you know. And I'm grateful for these people because without them, I wouldn't know nearly as much stuff as I know and be interested in nearly as much things as I am. Um, so just find interest in these, these people that can, you know, and just listen to some of the really interesting you know, scientists and people in the top of their field that are, that are, you know, really intelligent and good people, um, so yeah, well that'll about do it for this, this episode, number one, um, I did actually do a video recording one of this, of this, uh, first episode, but, uh, I couldn't be bothered, I couldn't upload it to the podcast thing and then I figured, oh, well, I'll just... I'll just do a voice recording and later down the track, if this gets some traction, I'll um, start doing camera camera videos and get a better mic and do all of the things. But uh, yeah, this has been a uh, first episode of my podcast. I'm going to call it The Steps to a Better Society. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, And yeah, just don't forget to smile, and I'll see you next time. See you.